Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob. If you guys have questions for John, you know what to do. Text them in right now to 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. So we're, we're, we were talking about uh, you know the idea that Pete threw out there earlier in, in that he's looking at Posick playing some time this weekend. Didn't specify how much. But I'm just wondering how you feel about the idea of potentially rotating centers within a game, not not starting one over the other. I don't really care between those two, but the idea of maybe they do it like Trey Brown and Sidney Jones, and that one guy gets one series, maybe the other guy gets another series. That doesn't for the offensive line that seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? It does, but also I think what it comes down to is that uh, whoever establishes themselves better, you know, get to start, and then they'll go back to you know not doing the rotation because you're doing the rotation right now. Because you like some of the stuff that Kyle Fuller has done. You haven't had uh, Posick on the field in the longest time, you know, in part because of injuries or whatever else. And so now it's a matter of like, okay, go fight it out in the field. And the only way to fight, fight it out in the field is to have both players out there. It's the same thing with Trey Brown, with Sidney Jones, and all the cornerbacks. It's like, okay, you know, fight it out, then best man eventually wins. What about as far as running back goes, John? Uh, you know, I was thinking for running backs, a lot of times they like to get into a groove, you know, and mm-hmm. they kind of were going back and forth between Collins and Penny. And where do you think Penny ends up? And then, you know, I mean, to me, I feel like that's you see that around the league that uh, running backs, especially at that position, they like to get into a groove. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. But then the problem is, is that, uh, you know, they're not getting enough plays. And, you know, for example, if they if they have an incompletion on first down or get stopped for no gain on first down, now it's a second and 10 and there's less chance to run and you can't get the running backs in grooves. I mean, you know, they've got to get the offense more consistent. You know, I, you know, I know that uh, Pete's taken that old criticism for running the football, but as bad as uh, Gino did last week throwing the ball, it was probably wise to do it. Now, they overdid it, I thought, but still. You need the consistent game from both sides of the ball. You know, Gino passing, uh, running, going. <clears throat> and again, I mean, you know, Collins right now to me, and it's been this way since the, uh, you know, the, since training camp, and I haven't changed my mind, and I don't think I'm wrong, is that Collins has been the second best back. You know, Chris Carson obviously being the best back, but he's hurt. And so now he's, he's the second best back. And so now just give him the chance to be able to do what he can do. I agree. Any concern with with Chris Carson in this particular injury? I mean, he's going to be. They say he's going to be out longer than Russ. That Russ is expected to be back before Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that happens. But you know, the idea that it's not a new injury, something they've I guess been dealing with or managing, and and now it's impacted him in a big way, missing a significant amount of time. What's your level of concern there? Oh, you have to have concern, and I think there's been concern throughout the entire league during the off season because you noticed. As good as he is with the 2,000-yard seasons, as powerful as he is, you know, teams that were checking him out also realized that he had that uh, type of neck injury. And that's why, for example, Seattle was able to get the contract down to $5.2 million a year for two years. And, you know, they instead of like <clears throat> eight or nine. And so, uh, you know, I think that played into the, the effect. An unfortunate part about it is, you know, the neck is still hurting. The neck's still a problem. And, you know, it could lead to this being his last year here. Mm. Hey, uh, 
Oh, shoot. I just lost it. Uh, somebody was just <laughs> asking a question there. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was the 206. But anyway, as far as the injuries that the Seahawks have had this year, now obviously, I don't know, has anybody had a, a quarterback as good as Russ go down? I don't think so. I mean, Dak Prescott, you know, a little bit. It, as far as injuries, you know, you mm-hmm. got your starting running back, your starting quarterback. The Seahawks have to be the... The, the most unlucky team, I guess, is the way I would put it, as no, far as injuries go. I wouldn't say that. Really? Well, I mean, let's put it this way. You, you say, uh, okay, so they lose their starting quarterback and they lose their starting running back. All right, what about San Francisco? Garoppolo missed a game with a weak injury, and they lose three running backs. So it's yeah. like, uh, you know, you, I mean, injuries are all over the league right now. And then you look at significant injuries. I mean, what about Drew Brees last year? He missed five games. Or two years. Yeah, last year he missed five games. And so Teddy Bridgewater had to step up and do what he did for five games. And so, uh, no, I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, you know, every year you're going to have a top quarterback go down or a couple of top quarterbacks go down. And, you know, so it's just all part of the game. And Baltimore had, what, they had like three running backs Three running down. backs, mm-hmm. yeah. And you look at Cleveland right mm-hmm. now, that's pretty unlucky. Baker Mayfield, and they're starting two running backs. Yeah. Now they're going to probably get Nick Chubb back this week, but they're not going to get uh, Kareem Hunt back. He's still going to stay in, on the injured reserve list. Yeah, and I saw, can you clarify with Baker Mayfield, I know it was mm-hmm. like some kind of a... It's a shoulder injury of some yeah. kind. It says he's limited in Thursday practice. Mm-hmm. I, I still question whether he's going to be able to play. It's a completely torn labrum right. with a fracture. He's wow. got a fracture and a torn labrum. So it's like, uh, you know, I know he's gutsy. He's trying to, you know, make sure he gets the State Farm commercials uh, going so that uh, and in the stadium. and get, Progressive. Progressive. Oh, progressive. Yeah, you got yeah. The progress, Come on. Yeah, the progressive commercials <laughs> going. So, yeah. I mean, right now, I, I still haven't seen the – uh, Halloween one yet. So. Yeah, it's Alice Cooper's in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so it's like, but uh, no, I, I still question whether he's going to be able to go this weekend. What do you expect to see tonight? Green Bay going without uh, the, its official Devontae Adams didn't mm-hmm. didn't uh, have the negative test he needed, so he will not be going in Arizona, obviously at home undefeated. Green Bay's a good team, but that seems like there's a lot of attrition there, a lot to expect them to come away with a win on the road. What, what do you think? I would agree. I mean, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to do that because, again, <clears throat> you're talking so many players, <clears throat> six, seven, eight players that aren't going to be there. You know, David Bakhtiari's not back. Their starting center is on injured reserve, or, you know, he's, he's hurt. You know, <clears throat> they're down, you know, two, three receivers. I mean, it's not good. You know, the, Kevin King, <clears throat> the cornerback remains hurt. They're down their best two linebackers. So, no, I think that they're they're in definite trouble. Now, the only thing that could save them a little bit is now we found out in Arizona that J.J. Watt is probably done for the season because he's got, you know, three major injuries in his shoulder, and that's all going to require surgery. So that's a big blow to probably their biggest acquisition this offseason. So, uh, <clears throat> but again, I mean, that's one compared to seven or eight. As far as J.J. Watt goes, could you see him calling it a day? And we were looking at his numbers. What was it, the first six years you looked at, Dave? First six, seven years. I mean, he didn't miss a game. He was mm-hmm. as dependable as they get, as durable as they get. And now you look at how many how many games have been missed over the since 2016, and it's just he's these are huge chunks of time. This isn't a game here or there. Do you think the idea of rehab and trying to get out there again and trying to put it together for a 17 game season just isn't realistic anymore for him. Uh, I think he, I think he'll consider it because 
when you look at the fact that uh, he's had all these injuries, and I remember a couple years ago he was even saying that uh, you know he's not going to play too long into his 30s because of injuries and things of that nature. You know, I'm like, I mean, I, I think he still wants to play. He loves the game of football. I think he loves it in Arizona. He definitely loves being out of Houston. I know that. But I, I would have to think that uh, who doesn't want to be in Houston right now for that football team? But uh, no, in the end, I think that uh, he he very might can strongly consider retirement after the season. Yeah, because he's going to be 33. Uh-huh. Yeah, coming up. But, yeah, I was looking at, John, uh, it was actually his first five seasons. Four of the five seasons he was all pro. Mm-hmm. Um, not his rookie year, but uh, he didn't miss a single game. And then he missed 13 games in 2016, 2017. He missed um, 11 games. But then, you know, 16 again. So, yeah, it might just be a little bit too much for him getting to 33. And that's the other thing, too. You get to be like 30, 31, 32, your, your body doesn't heal as fast. I can, I can attest to that personally with, okay. with J.J. Watt. Yes. So, so yeah. yeah, no, I think that, that that has to be a consideration, and that would be a big blow to the Cardinals because, yeah. again, you know, not only does he provide playmaking ability, but he also provides leadership. Yeah. Hey, uh, John, what is this? Uh, I saw that Mark Davis was being interviewed, and he was there with his bowl cut, and he had a backpack <laughs> on, I think, at oh, some man. point. I don't know what they were. but there He was, really puts his look together well. Yeah, there was something about uh, – there were some front office departures, and he said something about accounting irregularities. Have you been on this yeah, story? Yeah, there was four people that uh, got fired <clears throat> for accounting regular. And you're, talk, no, you're talking about uh, – the Rams, or are you talking about uh, what's happened in Oak with the, the the Raiders? With the Raiders, yeah. So there's four people, including Mark Bedane, who did their cap and did it so well for so many years that there was accounting irregularities, and so he let them go in a big front office shakeup. That still hasn't been resolved. I think there's a lawsuit involved in that one. <clears throat> so yeah, it's. I mean, right now between the John Gruden situation the finances of the team. And again, you know, the money-wise, I'm sure they're doing well because I'm sure the money's just rolling in from Vegas now that the fans are taken to a 5-2 and two team. But uh, still, yeah, they've got some issues. Okay, so are, are they thinking that this was like they were absconding with the money or they were trying to, to, to take it or they just made mistakes that are going to cost them uh, fines? What was the Hard to tell. Regulator? They're not... They're not divulging any of that information other than the fact they let the four go. Yeah. Text line is there for you, 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. I think I know the answer to this, John, but I'll throw it to you anyway. The 509 asking, Professor, is anyone interested in trading for LJ Collier? I think so, yeah. Oh, really? <clears throat> I don't see you, why not. What, what kind of value would he bring back, a guy who's been a healthy seventh scratch? Round, seven, seventh round pick in 2022. For 2023. A seventh-round pick in no 2023. Yeah. A first-rounder. That's what that gets you. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, it's better than what you're getting now, which is a guy who's not playing. He's a healthy scratch five of seven games. Well, I mean, if you if you look at the, like the last uh, 32 trades, it's all been sixth and seventh-round picks, whether it's 22 or 23. I mean, that's about it. I mean, that's the value of trying to make trades because teams are uh, – you know, wanting to make sure they don't give up good draft choices in 2022 because it's going to be a great draft because of the super seniors who went back for that second senior class. And, uh, you know, it, it, at least all the colleges are playing full seasons. So you have that there. So, But in the end, I think that, uh, you know, the trade values are just very minimal. And again, it's like this happens all the time is that you get to the third year of a first-round contract 
if it's not working out or guys are ahead of him, then you trade him for a low value. And again, <clears throat> one of the reasons for the low value for L.J. Collier is that a portion of his contract, you know, his base salary is guaranteed for this year and next year. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying you had a stat, John, that like uh, it was the bottom 10 or 12 of the first round, mm-hmm. only 25% sign uh, a deal, re-sign with their team. Yeah. 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 So I mean it's yeah, it's just so weird because they've always thought of it that way, but they took LJ Collier, they took they took Penny. Now you gotta give them credit, they did take Brooks, and I think mm-hmm. I think Brooks has, has worked out. I mean, is he a first rounder, do you think? Uh, I mean it's st- still a little bit incomplete. Cause this second, is a second, second rounder, but a second rounder is good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um hey, we were talking earlier, we got Daryl Bevel coming to town. As Bob was pointing out, I mean, I was looking in 2015. I think you said this, Bob, but they were fifth in scoring. The Seahawks offense. They were, it was all Marshawn. He played every position. Yeah. Yeah, it was always top ten. But, you know, John, it just I don't know if, like, when you take callers mm-hmm. on your Saturday show, I don't know how much complaining. But we always had complaints about Daryl Bevel. And, you know, I know a lot of it was the, the throw at the goal line and all that stuff. But, like Bob said, Pete and and Cable were both on that you know on that headset, but I don't know. I just never saw what the all the hatred and hype was for for Daryl Bevel. I mean, it was like uh, nobody wanted to give him any credit for being a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent offensive coordinator. Yeah, but it's it's I mean, and, and we've talked about this so much. It's like if something doesn't go right and the fans get upset, they want somebody fired. Yeah, simple as that. I mean, you know, Ken Norton Jr. He's he's under the gun. You know, uh, you got the people now starting to say, "Oh, you got to get rid of Pete, Pete Carroll and all that stuff," which is ridiculous. But that's just the nature of fans, and maybe it's more so in this town than most others. But I mean, you can see it. <clears throat> the two and five start, the two and four start right now. Two and five start right now. You know, has this team in a position where the fans are just irate, and we've got to replace this guy. We got to get rid of this guy. And it's like, settle down, people, because who are you going to have to come in to replace? Yeah, yeah, it's you know whether they're on the on the staff or not. I think those are that's not apples to apples though, no. John. One one was a knee jerk reaction to Bevel on a play that was in the, in the most crucial moment yeah. that you could have in a Super Bowl. Whereas Ken Norton has been a steady decline year after year after year. So it's not a knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, I, but also too, it's like <clears throat> if there was going to be a change, the change should have come in the off season. <clears throat> and if it doesn't change this year, there'll be a change in the off season. As far and you brought up Pete, and it seems like that conversation is is gaining steam. I know your your guy Colin Cowherd was talking about it. Oh, jeez. And me <laughs> and Mina Kimes. Dude, wait, where, 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 where did where did uh, he get that from? Cowherd. Yeah, I, I'm gonna your guess your agent. your agent that yeah, you Mark, love so Mark, much, Mark so, Rogers. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. But how much if this season continues to go the wrong way? Let's just say they end up below 500, whatever whatever that record is. Do you look at Pete as, as being in a position of being on the hot seat? No, not at all. I mean, as, uh, what was the uh, 49er record last year? Six and ten? Six and ten. Did they fire Kyle Shanahan? Nope. Is his record 443 as far as winning percentage since going to San Francisco? Has he lost two Super Bowls, one as a coordinator in Atlanta and one as a uh, 49er head coach? Did he get fired? Is he getting fired? The answer is no. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing too. They did have a ridiculous number of of uh, injuries. Yeah, last agreed. Year, so that had to, which way is the Carolina Panthers going? Man, now all of a sudden you're looking at them go. They're three and four. They're playing at the Falcons. 
I feel like, uh, yeah, fans in Carolina are going to be looking at that team a lot different that started out 3-0. and mm-hmm. With an easy schedule. Yeah. So they're not that good, you think? Uh, right now they're not. I mean, you can see that, uh, you know, they – Sam Darnold's playing poorly. They don't have, they don't have Christian McCaffrey. They had to put uh, John Miller, the guard, on injured reserve this week. You know, they've had some problems <clears throat> with uh, some guys on defense. But, I mean, defensively, I think they're still good. It's just offensively that's where the problem is, particularly without McCaffrey and with Darnold struggling. So what is the deal on McCaffrey? I've not heard an update on his injury. Is he on – he's on IR, right? Right, that's correct. So – but – that's a minimum of three weeks. Are we thinking it's going to be the rest of the year? Mm, I mean, I think it's going to be indefinite. I don't think he's going to miss the rest of the year. It wasn't supposed to be a season-ending injury, Jeez. but it was a bad enough injury that uh, he's going to miss. You know, he's not going to be there this week, and he's going to be out probably a couple more weeks. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, well, it's not funny. Um, I mean, thirty-two million dollars over two years, right? It was a sixteen million dollar deal, right? And mm-hmm. he'll he'll have played in what? like 11 games in two years mm-hmm. or 10 games. Wow. I, I, I don't know if it's that much, is it? Well, I mean, if he plays, you know, if he misses another couple. I think I, I think it's maybe only seven or eight, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he played in three last year. Right? Yeah. And well, then, he's not played this, but this way. He hasn't played more than three this year. No, and then I'm just saying if he does get healthy and maybe yeah. finishes the season, I mean, even, even that, though. I mean, geez, you made him the face of your franchise and, you know, gave him the big deal. Just – doesn't pay off to do well certain running backs. Derrick Henry, that's for sure, and then right. Alvin Kamara. Man, that guy's only missed three games. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he just and what those guys are, they weren't first round draft choice. Those are second, third round draft choices right. too. So that's Seems why to, that's why you can see that uh, more teams are reluctant to put first round value on uh, running backs. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I know we'll bring we, we'll bring up uh, you know Rashad Penny, but again. He was a second-round grade, like anybody in the twenties that are on a, for playoff teams. They're all second-round grades, like Nick Chubb. Uh, yeah. well, Nick Chubb was a what first pick in the second round? Yeah, 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 yeah. second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> that hurts, Bob. It does hurt. I think that's what makes it worse is seeing a guy they could have taken in that spot that was picked later succeed the way that he has at the same exact position. I think that's. What gets people riled up, John? And I do believe that uh, they <clears throat> there was people in the organization strongly pushing to take Nick Chubb. Yes. Who wanted Penny? I don't know. Good question. Mm. <laughs> Who, whoever that was shouldn't be allowed to pick anymore. How about oh, that? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it the same person who was really high on L.J. Collier, do you think? I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it was Mark Rogers that maybe, called yeah, and said, Mark if Rogers. you want to keep Colin, Russell Colin, here. Colin, yeah, Colin. Colin Coward, I think, was Colin also Coward. involved. Yeah, Colin, yeah. Colin. we'll get the inside scoop. Who from wins him. tonight, John? Hmm? Arizona. Okay. No uh, brainer, huh? Easy. <clears throat> well, because of all the injuries for Green Bay, all the problems. I mean, the COVID nineteen, the injuries, <clears throat> the problems they have. There's not enough weapons. And again, it's like this is an Aaron Rodgers who complains that he doesn't have enough weapons. I mean, sure, he's got uh, you know Reggie Cobb out there, but that's it. He's got Tanyan. Right? Oh, Tanyan's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like a third-string tight end last time they were here, and now he's become like one of his favorite targets. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, we played a cut from Shaquille Griffin earlier, and I'm not going to pretend to have watched Jacksonville games this year. So, mm-hmm. how what what good, is the, good for you? What what is the <laughs> what is the word on how he's been playing out there? I think he's playing fine, from what I hear. I mean, you know, 
Now, again, he's like one of the few players they have on defense that's any good. I mean, they're terrible on defense. But overall, I think that uh, he's getting good reviews because he's a good, solid player. Certainly, he showed his leadership. That's important. He looks more confident. Sounds more confident. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I watched the game in London, and yeah, he looks like. And you know, but the thing is, who was it? Was it Moyer saying that he'd go after him? Because Did he, he go at, yes, yeah, he'd because go after he doesn't. Shaq. He doesn't get interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Shaq. Well, My, Myron Jones makes over uh, sixteen million dollars a year down with the Dallas Cowboys, and he doesn't get interceptions. Yeah, wow. and that's much more than what uh, Shaquille Griffin gets because he makes thirteen. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, one prominent NFL analyst believes the Jags are more talented than the Seahawks. Tell you who we're talking about next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.